check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. Welcome to Red Storm Chasers. I'm Vincent here with Craig and Nick. On this episode, we'll look back at the spectacular Providence and Seton Hall losses before looking ahead to the Georgetown and Creighton matchups, guys. Great to be back with you on the pod. Wish there was a, a bit more of a happy, happy feeling going on here at St. John's in the St. John's world. Yes. I wish that this was not <laughs> yes, how I yes. felt. No, there's no, it's just, it's still settling in that this is the same as every other year. And it hits me hard. It really is. Only it, 24 straight years or something like this. Only basically my whole life. Hey, listen. I mean, there were a couple of tournament years. Maybe not 24. Or yeah, I was going to say, you know. 22. We, every, <laughs> we, we, get to play, we get to play in the uh, first four every once in a while. That's fun. At least the good news is we'll get to dominate on Wednesday the biggest tournament again. Because <laughs> that is the day we really shine. Wednesday Warriors, baby. Wednesday we've, Warriors. Been, we've been very successful on Wednesdays in the Big East tournament. It's because we play on them every year, baby. Uh, we actually haven't really been that successful. But anyway. Um, no, Wednesday. I, went, yeah, I guess you're right. Wednesday. Wednesday. Don't, you, don't you take our Wednesday Wednesday. All right. All right. That's, I, I that's our special day I at the Garden. All right. So obviously the big news, uh, and I think what we start with right off the bat, the press conference following the Seton Hall game with Rick Pitino, uh, was a spectacle, was uh, interesting. A wild time, was wild ride. Certainly not something you see from every coach. Not on my bingo card. Uh, and yeah, I, I didn't really have that one penciled in. Why don't we, we're going to play a clip for you now, uh, if you haven't heard it. Some of, the, some of the highlights. Some of the highlights from it. So this way you get an idea of what we're talking about here before we dive into uh, the impact, I think, that this is going to have. Just lack toughness. We just don't move our feet on defense. Look, they... They shot 37 free throws. Throw out the stats. You see it every game, the amount of free throws they shoot and the amount of free throws we shoot. Look at what Naheem shot on the year. Look at what uh, Chris Ledlam shot on the year. I mean, you're a power forward. You play 29 minutes without a free throw. Uh, that means you're not offensive rebounding, not getting to the line. So it's, it's really the, all the toughness things of why we give up leads. We are so non-athletic that we can't guard anybody without fouling. And really, it's not about losing. Because even in winning, winning when we watch the film, I see unathletic plays. I, I see people that don't handle the ball, that's just interested in taking quick shots. So it's been a disappointing year. If you had to do it over again, would you have attacked your first offseason differently? I had no choice. We just could take who we could get, who was available. We had no choice. Um, I don't think we were going to win the first year anyway. Because when you rush like that and you don't see the players and you just uh, – not, not a whole lot we can do. But it's um, – I think I've enjoyed even, – even the Celtics when we lost, I've enjoyed every minute being a Boston Celtic coach. Didn't like the fact that we lost in that following year. But this has been the most unenjoyable experience I've had since I've been coaching. Do you have any second thoughts of taking this job? No, not at all. It's not St. John's. It's my team. Look, I'm disappointed. I don't want to say the wrong things, but I'm really disappointed in my team. Well, to say the wrong thing, he very well may have. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that that didn't include perhaps the uh, the most, I don't know, infamous quote, I guess we could say, from this press conference, which was uh, when he went on to say that naming certain players uh, just couldn't move laterally, uh, were slow, physically weak. So what the words he used to describe Brady we're Dunlap? Slow, slow laterally. You can't guard anybody. Uh, unathletic. Unathletic. Uh, like not well, tough. we heard the unathletic part. Not um, tough. Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, I, I appreciate that in Rick Pitino's historic career, it took St. John's to give him this first <laughs> unenjoyable experience because we've been having unenjoyable experiences here for, oh, I don't know, 
couple hundred years. But I think, you know, listen, I think, and and that that highlight of it didn't have all of it. At one point, he does go watch it. Go watch it. It's worth it. At one point, he does say, you know, listen, we lost this season with our recruiting. Now, I think that's taking a little bit of blame. When in retrospect, you need to take much more of the blame, uh, if because you did put this team together, Rick. But uh, you know, I think calling players out is never good and never really okay, right? Yeah, you shouldn't really be doing this. Yeah, in this fashion, he, he there's said, a way to do it. Uh, and he even said, like, I don't want to say the wrong thing, and then proceed <laughs> yeah, to really. Right? Yeah, I mean, that's. I think it's just rough. I, I think. <laughs> Much like many of us felt after the game on Sunday, I mean, I think that conversation was probably had by everybody, St. John's fans throughout the tri-state area over in on the ride home at the same time as Rick Pitino was having the press conference. So it's not something that you know. Look, it was a disappointing gut punch of a loss, and to your point, I think we you know we took Rick Pitino's this most unenjoyable experience. Like, yeah, Rick, well, you're getting paid a couple million dollars to do it. We're we're sitting. Here well, welcome to St. John's. <laughs> this is not, this is, trust me, I pay for this. It's not fun. For your first time here? He said it's not St. John's. You sure about that? <laughs> <laughs> you sure about that? Might, might just be you us. sure about that, Rick? Uh, I, nah. You know, I... <laughs> nah, come on, guys. He's going to turn it around. <laughs> uh, look, look I, he's very I, well still, I still believe... Like, I do think he's correct in I that still believe you, you can't expect guy. to win the first year. Okay, so I, know. I, I do I think that the hype... There was, was a lot. Was of a lot, and probably too high, right? Uh, Way too high. I mean, this was a team that was put together completely of portal players and leftover players from Mike Anderson. I I do think now. Listen, he's Rick Pitino. He should have coached them up better. I think he wears some of the blame for that, right? Um, but at the same time, you know, it's hard to say. I I think if he doesn't have a press conference like this. The season ends the way it ends, which is going to be not going to the NCAA tournament. Yeah. And people go, oh, you know, they, they underperformed, but it's not a huge deal. Right. It's kind of like melancholy. I, right. Well, I know. I just, yes, a little bit. And I also just think people let it go. Whereas here, I think it's now going to be a sticking point that he underperformed significantly. When in retrospect, uh, and uh, if you look back, in Rick Pitino's first year, everywhere he has underperformed. He's had bad years everywhere his first year. Uh, I don't know about bad years. No, bad years. Go look at the numbers. Nah, Not bad. No. Bad is a strong overstatement. No, yeah. He had better years the second year, but he had solid years the first year. And look, we'll still have a solid year this year. By the way, we're going to have 17, 18 wins. We'll be solid, but the point is, the expectation of this team to make the tournament was not an unrealistic expectation. Well, I was if, if all the talent that we had came together the way it could have, we would be a tournament team. The problem is, it didn't. The problem is we never had a shooter that we always thought we were going to get. The problem is we didn't gel together the way we always wanted to. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the tournament was a realistic expectation. To not make the tournament is a disappointment. I think it's a disappointment, but I don't think you can entirely expect somebody to come in with an entirely brand new team that's never played together and expect to make the tournament in the first year. Marquette did that last year in the one Big East. Well, they, yeah. they had better, Mostly, With all the respect, they, they had better players than we do. I mean, that's true. Okay. Just to give you an idea, okay. by the way. They're number four in the country. To right come, now. To come now, up to. Now, now, I'm talking about them. Well, I understand that, last they, year. they built on that, on that. Sure. They built it by getting transfer players last year and then won the big eight. Yeah, right. And we didn't get those players. We didn't get. They had better players. They had better players. Well, we did. We have, recruited we had, them. <laughs> we recruited these players. 
it's it's just, okay. I, I think it certainly falls on Rick, right? Yeah, I, I don't yeah, know. Absolutely. He can't get away from it. He he I'm, got these guys. So when he says these guys aren't athletic, and well, buddy, that's your job, right? Yeah. I mean, and if by the way he says in the thing, you know, oh, I, in the summer I thought we were in trouble. Well, you got to coach better, right? I mean, that's the answer. Listen, you're a historically great coach. No one will ever take that away from you. But the answer is, if these guys were struggling. Your, it's your job to turn this around. Just to give you, by the way, come with some receipts for my backing up my statement. Uh, Rick Pitino's first year at Boston University was a seventeen and nine season, which is very similar to what we're heading towards. Uh, no, we're not. But seven, sure. about seventeen and nine, not bad. Seventeen and nine is for a, that's really. We're going to finish with seventeen wins and okay. like and like 13, 13 14, 14 losses. Well, okay, we got more games than they had. Okay. His percentage is going to be better. I would not say that's a well, bad sure, start. Sure, he has less games. I would not say that's a bad start. Uh, 14 and 14 at Kentucky? That's not a good start. We're going to be better start. than that. Uh, 19 and 13 at Louisville is going to be the same start. Roughly the same, yeah. Same start. Uh, at Iona, he was 12 and 6. 12, it was COVID. Oh, yeah, COVID, it was COVID yeah. year. Yeah. But none of those are, I mean, other than Kentucky. Those are not bad. They're not bad. They're not bad seasons. I mean, by the way, we're not going to have a bad season. Let's just. Well, I, I mean, I, I guess you're right. I guess I, I phrased it incorrectly. He's started off every place the same way he started off here in that I the just, first year I was not wish, great. I just wish this team would have made the tournament. Yeah. And I think, listen, I understand people will I say, well, weird. Rick, you said you got to make the tournament. Uh, you guys were going to make the tournament. And partly that's his job, right? I mean, I'm sure. Oh, no, I'm no, sure. He has to say that. I'm sure. Um, if he doesn't believe it, no one's going to believe it. Right. No, of course not. I which, mean, which is why I'm interested to see what happens after this press conference, where the team goes, whether they take it and say, we're going to change his mind, or they say, you know what, fuck him. Yeah, I, I don't think so. I think, look, I think Rick Pitino is a Hall of Fame coach. He, he, he has done this before. He, he knows what he's doing. It's not his first rodeo. It's not his first time around the block. He understands it. There's an aspect of motivation, and the aspect of it, a lot of the people that he called out are going to be here next year anyway. That so, is a very valid point. So the point of it is, he's kick, trying to kick him in the ass for the last five games plus the Big East tournament. It, maybe it takes, maybe it doesn't take, but he, he, and we talked about this, you know, recruiting-wise could hurt us. Right? That, they're, that's they're, what I think, that's where I think this might have the biggest detriment. But I think he'll tell you what his, his response to that would be. If the recruits can't take this, I don't, I don't want, want them, them here. Yeah. They don't have the mental toughness yeah. to be on a, a Rick Pitino team. That's fair. And like that or dislike that, he's won everywhere. So he clearly has some inkling of what he's doing. No, so, yeah, I would, I would trust him. I, I, would trust I just kind of, I, I trust him. him. I just kind of hate that the spin on this, and it's the national media who don't always lock in on it, is that he's the old man yelling at the clouds, right? Agreed. And that oh, it, it, with NIL, the college game has passed him, and you know he's calling for a salary cap because he knows he can't compete. And listen, I think you open yourself up to it when you do things like this. Sure. Uh, I don't know if those things are true, right? Uh, but that's I just hate that it's turned into this narrative of this was not only a team that had now a disappointing year, it's a disappointing year with a twist of being, oh, this is a disaster, right? We, we've turned into yeah. a dumpster fire. We've we turned we into, didn't really need to. We turned into Colorado in college football. Yeah. And that's, we had the same expectations going in and yeah. the same similar the same – Story laid out. They did really well early. Hype was high. Hype was high. A lot of portal guys flamed out. We sort of did the same thing. But look, That's true. it's still Rick Pitino. He's always better in year two. It, we're, there's a long way to this, look. Brief, we haven't been good, really good in a long time. So 
Right. Let's more than one year is not the end here. It's going to take some time. And hey, we got new guys coming in next year. We have some of the best recruits we've ever had in the history of St. John's coming in next season. So yeah. Br- it's drink. looking bright. We'll be okay. You know what that it's looks just, like? It looks like some bright red Kool-Aid. That's baby. right. Baby. We're back. All the you know what? Now, now that I think about it, I think we're going to make the tournament. All right. Let's, before we all get, we have to do is win the Big East tournament. All right, all right. Before we talk about our chances, let's talk about the week that was basically the end to? of our season in terms of getting a, well, possibly the end of the season of chance of getting an at-large bid. Um, anyway, we started off the week with a disappointing loss, 75-72 at the Providence Friars. This was a back-and-forth game. Uh, naturally we had a lead just like we always have, uh, in the past three games and at halftime we were up by five. Uh, it's really disappointing because we have lost eight of our last 10. Uh, but we've been in probably six, six of seven of those games. I think we've led the half of the last four. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just, it's disappointing to see. Anyway, uh, getting to the numbers a little bit, we won't go too in depth just because it was so disappointing. Uh, of course, we had our guy, Dennis Jenkins, having 13 points. We didn't lead the team. R.J. Lewis had a great game, 16 points for him, 14 rebounds. Uh, maybe the best performance he's had uh, in quite some time, for sure. The big surprise in that game is the non-start by Joel Soriano. Uh, I think that certainly is kicking the ass, uh, as we've seen. And listen, I think part of our non-success has been that Soriano hasn't been as dominant as he was last year. Uh, he, you know, he struggled that time, right? And yeah. and it's disappointing to see him take a step back because we all thought he was going to take another step forward. And I think, you know, Rick Pitino said, listen, we got I got to try to get something going here. Soriano had a good game, nine, 9.7 rebounds, uh, but wasn't his normal thing. I think not starting may have hurt him mentally more so than it could have helped him. I agree with you 100%. I also think, there, to your point, I think Rick Pitino could have maybe played him less, maybe not run the offense entirely through him rather than not starting him. I don't know if that was to your I don't I don't know if that was the best idea. Mm, I I I disagree with you. Something had to change. I mean, he was struggling, the team was struggling. It sends a message of no you got to play for your minutes. You got to play well. If you're not playing well, Zuby was out playing him. So why would I start Soriano? If, if this if this is not a star system, if the answer is if you the best players play and if Edgeford is being the best player, he should play. And not saying Joel Joel started again the next day. I was going to say, right, yeah. But the thing is, like, Edgefor went three for three of that game, and he had a good game. Edgefor, he got fouled out. He fouled out. Okay, but, uh, like... He, he was limited in minutes because he was fouled. Yeah, no, but no, no, what I'm saying is, if you if Edgefor was playing better than him in practice leading up to the game, which is why you didn't start him, or you started Edgefor over him, why would you not start him the next game when Edgefor had a good game? Because he didn't have that good of a game. Three, he, three he, rebounds is not that good. Three rebounds is not, not great. But going three for three, has seven points yeah, on that. Uh, listen, that's not bad. But the problem, or I should say, the difference between Edgefor and Soriano is not as dominant of a presence. And if you're only getting three rebounds, you're not as dominant, right? So yeah. I, I think it's it, like Craig said, it's it's a good test. Throw up the test balloon, see what happens. Uh, I don't think it was as successful as Coach Patino had hoped it was, and I think that's why he ended up going back to Soriano for Seton Hall. Not to mention Soriano is one of the best players on our team. Yeah, I mean you got to yeah. I mean, like, the answer is try to get him to reset, not to, like, punish him, I think. Right. So that's why you don't – that's why it doesn't continue. And plus do, it has to do with him practice, too, right? Fair. For, for sure. We, should, we do have to give a little mention to Conway. Had a good game. Great game. Uh, yeah. actually, you're right. Sorry. Great game. 11 points, six rebounds for him. Uh, it was good to see him get the opportunity. I know he's the guy who won't be around uh, as well next year. But, you know, good, good. as we said in, in previous times – uh, it's nice to see other guys step up or guys we haven't seen before come out and have good games. 
He, he was three for four from the three-point line. That's something we needed, we've needed for a very long time. We could have used him a little more earlier in the season if he had continued to shoot at that clip. Perfect. Anyway, not a great three-point shooting day for us, 26%, probably why we ended up on the wrong side of this one. Uh, we also let them shoot 40% from three, uh, which was a recipe for disaster. And also down the stretch, like, look, this game was a tie game with a minute and a half to go, and we let them score four straight points, and then we cut it back. We had a shot at the end there to really to tie it, but we took a bunch of threes that had no prayer of making it, and then that was it. As we do. Now, go, hammering back uh, Rick Pitino's point there, though, they shot 24 free throws. We shot 15, right? Yeah. I mean, going back to what he's saying, you know, we this is a this is a we're talking about a three point game here. The difference in free throws free throws shot shouldn't be that large, right? In a game that's tight down the stretch, you should be going to the line pretty much back and forth, back and forth. And we did that a little bit, uh, but we didn't do enough of it in the second half to put ourselves in a place where, you know, we could win the game from the free throw line, which I know <laughs> is probably not going to happen anyway because we're not that great from the free throw line. But at least you give yourself the chance, right? Yeah, frustrating at the end because I feel like we have done a good job of pump faking, getting guys in the air, and then instead of shooting and getting an easy foul call, we decide to dribble around them and try to take a tougher shot. Sounds like the whole season, nice pump fake. Yeah, so (laughs) anyway, this is something I saw. Josh Odura also destroyed us. He scored 26 points in the second half. Yeah, he was a menace. He Uh, he he just, we couldn't couldn't stop him. I I don't know what happened in the second half. We We were unable to guard him. Second half, non-athletic. Game. We were non-athletic. <laughs> no. Not laterally quick. No, so <laughs> no lateral quickness. You couldn't guard them. It is what it is. All right. Well, if, if I see, I would say after the Providence loss, you look and you go, okay, this is now the biggest game of the year against Seton Hall. Yeah. It, you yeah, win yeah. this game against Seton Hall. Listen, we put it at UBS Arena. Less Seton Hall fans. It's going to be a big, packed St. John's crowd. It's going to be a real home court advantage. We got an opportunity here to get a nice win. That's going to put us back on track to being in the tournament. Uh, and the first half comes and bang, 19-point lead. We're rolling. We're rocking. Everything's great. This is going to be spectacular. Uh, and then we do what we always do in the last five minutes of the first half. And we give up our 19-point lead and shrink it down to a 12-point lead. And as much as that sounds like not that much, uh, the difference in the St. John's world between 19 and 12 uh, is about the same as like 20 and 40 to other teams. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> because it, there's just go, we just lose so much momentum heading into the second half, and then you see what happens. We let them back in. Yeah. We let them back in at halftime, and then you come out, and, and from, the, from the start of the halftime until the under 12, we shot 9% from the field. Jesus. We made one shot. One shot. One three pointer by Sean Conway. Correct. One shot. 9%. You, I'm not, you're not being anybody if you shoot 9%. Yeah, no. And it's just, that's why we should have, if we stomped them out in the first half, right? Instead of going in 12, if we went up 25, different game. Oh, yeah. You 100%. Get that, you get their emotion. You get everything out of them if it's, you're up 25. And you just have more buffer room to not score. I mean, essentially, <laughs> if you think about the second half, you know, Seton Hall, you know, good for them. They, they stuck it out and they, they fought back and they whatever. They didn't play a spectacular game. We just played horrendously. I mean, look, they played good defense. They forced it into stupid, bad shots. Um, yeah. But uh, if you look at their percentage, like, look at their percentages, it's not like they were barn burners. It's just that. I mean, they shot 20% from three, 37% from the field. Right. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. Even only 67% from but the free throw line. They, out, they out-toughed us, to Rick Pitino's point, yeah. and they stood up, 
And they, you know, look, we just, we had a, the worst second half I've seen in a long time. A long, probably long my time. life. I mean, three points in nine minutes is just patently absurd. It, it was... Like I mean, it's school. almost it's comical like, to be like honest. It, it is. It is I've never rough. seen that. I mean, I've, I've watched millions of games of teams that are way worse than this team and just throw shots in that go in. Yeah, <laughs> going, no, literally. Going back to what Rick Pitino said, being correct, thirty-seven free throws for Seton Hall. We shot thirteen. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, I mean, that's I mean, now. Listen, most of the second half became garbage time because we were just out. We scored in the second half. We scored twenty-one points total. Yeah. Which is first of all terrible, but in reality. We scored 12 points. That actually mattered. The other nine points we scored were all in garbage time when the game was already over. Yeah. 12 points and a half is... And you know what's sad about that? To your point uh, to your point earlier, how Seton Hall didn't play great. When Jenkins hit that three to go up, what, like one? With five minutes one, left? 53-52. Yeah, with yeah. like five minutes left. Like, we, yeah. we were up one point. With we were five still winning. Left, and we were <laughs> abysmal. As, in you that you are right. As terrible as we had played, we had a lead yeah. with five minutes to go. Right. Yeah, no. And... and the UBS crowd was the best, really the best crowd that we had at UBS all season. But it was a, you know, first of all, it was a very pro St. John's crowd. There was not a lot of Seton Hall fans. The Seton Hall fans, though, unfortunately, were pretty loud. Um, but that's because, you know, obviously they had a lot more to cheer about than we did. Um, but, you know, 9,500 was the attendance. That's pretty solid. A very solid St. John's crowd. It got loud when it could. Yeah. It got loud on the Jenkins 3. But then that was about the last, you know, the last time they really could. There wasn't too many things to get loud about. No, no. All right, let's get into the numbers a little bit here. Uh, obviously, we talked about the team numbers: thirty-three percent for us from the field, twenty-four uh, percent from the three from the three-point line. Actually, not a bad day from the free throw line: seventy-six percent, uh, which was, you know, again, we only shot thirteen shots, but it was, uh, you know, it was again. As terrible as the second half had, our numbers were on par with Seton Hall's, who also didn't have a great shooting day. Just to give you some player numbers, Dennis Jenkins, of course, 17 points for him. Joel Soriano did have a good day, 13 points, 12 rebounds for him, another double-double. Here's our problem, though, by the way. The reason we found ourselves in the losing end here is nobody else was in double digits. Dingle had nine, Lewis had six, and Aline had seven. But you really need three guys in double digits if you're going to find yourself winning against a team like Seton Hall. Sure. I think Soriano actually had a, a get-right game in a sense. Like, his first half was dominant. He yeah. looked himself. He was making shots. He was dominating the board. And then, for whatever reason, we decided to go away from him in the second half. And he didn't – he really had most, did most of his damage in the first half. And then it was like, oh, we're not going to give him the ball anymore. Yeah, I don't understand. I think it's just like the flow of the game. I guess Seton Hall went to his zone. Mm, which right. makes it hard, but you, you got to get him. He was playing better. You got to feed him the ball. Figure out a way to get him the ball. You got to get him the it ball. It was clearly helping everybody out that he was doing yeah. well. Right? Yeah, yeah. The absolutely. reason, part of the reason we played so well in the first half. Yeah, right? he was able to dominate. Half. And I just, I, you know, we do struggle with that at times. Getting him the ball sometimes for us turns into a struggle when it really shouldn't, right? I mean, he's our guy. He's our captain. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, a little bit of that's on him. Go out. You're the captain. Grab the kid. You know, grab the guy by the shirt. Listen. Get me the ball. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, and you know, they, people don't do that anymore. It's hard. It's hard <laughs> but, when yeah. you're a big I mean, man, though. I mean, it yeah, is hard. Sure, a little but that's bit. why you got to demand the ball. And I know people don't really do that anymore. But you got to go out and you got to say, "Hey, guys, listen. Uh, not to be, you know, uh, we're going to run the offense through me for the next three sets, the next three three possessions, yeah. and, and then we're going to see how this works." And listen, even if Rick's not calling for it, you know, step up. Um, not to put it on him because he did have a good day. Yeah, and, yeah. And he's in a hard spot, but uh, just. 
you just feel like there are like the recipe is there. Right, like oh, you yeah. can see it on the court. Yeah, and it's just it's frustrating because it, it, we're like one mo- you know one move away from being able to make the move, and then this doesn't happen, Where's right? It? And I think that's what frustrates me the most is, you know, you're you're looking for somebody to blame because it's everywhere, but it's just like, ah, like we're so close, and then just like always, it's just ripped away from us. That, that's the that's the biggest thing that hurts the most is that it feels like we're not that far away. From it, it's not like we're getting killed every game. No. We're in all these games. We're leading in most of these games, so it it really hurts. I I don't know about you guys, but after the game on Sunday, it was like we're sitting in the seats and just like staring off into the distance as the game was over and the Pirates fans were chanting and stuff like that because it was just like, how are we here again? <laughs> it felt like our season ended. I think our at large opportunity really did. I mean, yeah, we had a razor thin margin. And if we'd beaten Providence, I think we could have lost to Zeno Hall, but you can't, couldn't lose to both of them. Yeah, no. Yeah, and I mean, we said that in the pod last week, right? We said, if you can lose one of these, but you really can't lose both. If right. you lose both this season. Now, listen, I think, you know, listen, silver lining, right? Uh, look at the numbers, right? Six and nine right now in conference, 14 and 12 overall. We're obviously, we're in ninth place in the conference, which is terrible. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be playing on Wednesday. So don't, you know, buy your tickets now because there's absolutely no doubt there. Um, but our net is 51, right? So yeah. we still have the net. And the thing is, you look at our schedule, uh, and, I mean, as bad as this you know, stretch has been, two games against Georgetown, both of those should be wins. A win against DePaul, that gives you three wins right there, you're at 17. You win one against Butler or Creighton, all of a sudden you're at 18 wins. Uh, you know, you're 18 wins, you get a win on Wednesday, you're at 19 wins. 19 wins in the Big East. Listen, we don't have a signature win, right? So unlikely. But you still you still look and you go, you know what? Two wins, and all of a sudden, the 20-win team in the Big East, you got 12 wins in conference? That's a, that's a team that, you know, you, you could see us in the first four in Dayton. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think so, right? But a blind resume test would say otherwise. Now, I think, I think this hurt us. The Rick Pitino thing, I think. The committee now I don't he's know still Rick Pitino though, right? right. So the, the committee may go, well, it's nice to have him in Dayton, or they'll go that would juice the game in Dayton a eh, lot. Yeah, he's had a he's had a rough year. Let's not do that. Now <laughs> ratings wise, I think they put Rick Pitino in. Uh, yeah. Uh, but again, now that's a very positive outlook, right? We easily that's- I think we go three and two, lose to Creighton, lose to Butler, win the other three, and then obviously you're looking at the NIT, or you, you win the big East tournament and that's it. But that's well, how we're going to get in. always winning the Big East tournament, which is always our saving grace. We <laughs> oh, do yeah. so well there. We, we, we've succeeded so well in the Big East tournament <laughs> over the past few confident years. confident over it. Uh, but, we're home, baby. But I do... Well, according to the NCAA, we are. Now we are. Yeah, I don't know how I feel. That doesn't... That. That's not right. It's ridiculous. By the way, that's a wholly absurd. Totally, if, you're, you're saying... By the way, what the NCAA really doing is there is you're benefiting conferences who play at a neutral site, which makes no sense. Right. I now have to make sure I pay extra money to go play at a neutral site? Right. It's ridiculous. Well, Instead yeah. of a small conference play like Fairfield, poor Fairfield. They get stuck with the home games playing their conference tournament there. It's ridiculous. Well, and but it really, it really mostly impacts us. In, I think it's us and UNLV. Those are the two, yeah. The, the problem of for the bigger the, conferences. So the, the real answer to the question is, do St. John's season ticket holders get priority tickets? Oh, yeah. By the way, if they that's the case, then yeah. After, yeah. They don't, but if that counts as a home game, that's absurd. Uh, 100%. Hundred percent. I just crazy. It's just it's a. I don't really know where that ruling came from or where that came out of because it never that never was the case. I yeah, I don't even know why they changed the rule. Like, what was the incentive to do it? Was, was anybody calling for it or I something? I don't know. I have no idea why. But look, I think you're right, Vincent. I think look, 
is there some opportunity to get at a large bid? I mean, mathematically. Right. I think that's what I'm really saying. Mathematically, that, I mean, sure. You look on paper and you go, well, actually, you know. A the, lot needs to go right. and I don't. Oh, I, everything I, in the world needs to go right. And, where it's, and we it's not are, going to. Where we are right now. I, we, would, we would legitimately have to be. We have to be, I mean, I mean, we have to be Creighton. You'd be Creighton and Butler. Sorry, I didn't mean to talk over you. No, you're fine. No, 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 you're fine. I'm just thinking, there's a chance that you could lose to Butler if you won out everybody and you beat Creighton, and then you would probably need to win on Thursday of the Big East and get to Friday for the first time in 20 years, <laughs> which is very easy. I'm sure we could do that. Yeah, no problem. Oh, that's it? We're home. We're home, yeah. We're so home. That's fine. Why not? I do think if you beat Creighton, it is a little bit more juice than if you beat Butler. True. Even though Butler oh, yeah. is, but even Butler is, is, is should be a surefire tournament. Well, Cra- team. they're going to be ranked. a tournament team they're, too. Yeah. It's just that Creighton's ranked right now. Yeah, yeah, I right. Agree. And 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 it's a no. The Creighton win has would hold know, more let's, standing. Let's, opposed, which hold more standing than the Butler win. Let's not forget Creighton started the year number four in the country. I think. Yeah, I mean, listen, Pre-season. they're a very good team. Big matchup for them on Tuesday. They face off against UConn at home. So yeah, let's hope they can take the Huskies down. I'm tired of hearing about them too. Yeah, yeah, I'm tired of them. Just to give you the state of the Big East while we talk about a few other teams here, UConn obviously in first after beating Marquette. Looks like they're going to finish there, by the way. It seems yeah, they pretty two, unlikely two they give it up. Annihilated Marquette. Um, Marquette in two, in the two spot. Creighton in the three spot. Then it's Seton Hall, Providence, Villanova, Xavier, and Butler. Those guys are a little bit mashed together in that Marquette, Creighton, and Seton Hall all have 10 wins in conference. And then you go to the Providence, Villanova, Xavier, and Butler, who all have eight and seven. And then there's us standing alone with six wins. All right. Well, we'll get our first opportunity to, uh, you know, continue our bid for the NIT uh, (laughs) this week on Wednesday at Georgetown. First matchup against Georgetown, Ed Cooley's Georgetown. The new, improved Georgetown. (laughs) Yeah, very improved. Slightly Uh, improved. I don't even think you can, in good faith, say any amount improved. Slightly. I don't. Did they win one last year? I think they won one last year because De- DePaul would finish last. Anyway, Georgetown this year one conference win, one in thirteen. That one win against DePaul, who still has zero wins in conference. They are eight and seventeen on the year, which is just some nice poetic justice, I have to say, uh, for Ed Cooley to start his reign at Georgetown in such abysmal fashion. It, it I do have to say, as as disappointing as our season has been, it has been great to watch Georgetown be an absolute failure. It, I have I've enjoyed it thoroughly. I've enjoyed Ed Cooley not. Being oh. being terrible, it's been great. And you know, Providence getting their getting their pushback or getting their get back at beating them. I yeah. I, I, do, I love everything about Ed Cooley being on a terrible team. My only hope is that he has the shortest reign ever as a head coach uh, at Georgetown <laughs> and absolutely continues to fail for the next five years. And begs for Prov- the Providence job back. <laughs> yeah, right. You go and they, cry and, they get, back. and they get to tell him. <laughs> no, absolutely. now we're good. We have Kim English. Yeah, I actually think it would be funny if they 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 hired him back as an assistant. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll have you back. You can be you can be uh, the third assistant. You, you're not even allowed to travel with the team though. That'd be wild. Anyway, their best player uh, is Jaden Epps. Jaden Epps, 17 points a game, very talented, uh, but he's about as far as it goes. Dontrez Style averages 13 points a game, and Supreme Cook averages 11. Those are the only three guys who are average double digits. Uh, Supreme Cook being their forward with uh, eight rebounds per game. He'll be the big man that will face off against Joel Soriano and Ejiofor. Listen, as much as Rick Pitino said, you know, Georgetown's a team that can beat us, I think that was more frustration than anything else. This, you know, is a team on paper that we should absolutely beat, and we've beaten every team on paper we were supposed to beat this year, theoretically. Uh, yeah. At least teams like this, I should say. Uh, and, well, maybe not Michigan, but you get my point. Yeah, no. Look, this, this is, is similar yeah. to a matchup of, uh, you know, 
Manhattan, with all due respect. Yeah, I mean, Georgetown's 202nd in the net, so they're, you know, around Merrimack and, you know, Cleveland State and Tulsa. That's not a company you want to hold. So, you know, where we should beat them. I mean, we just should we beat better. them. I mean, we I mean, better it's, it's, beat them. It's going to be interesting. This is going to be interesting to see how the players respond. I think this, that is, I think you're 100% right. Like, that's going to be the most interesting story of this game. Sure. Yeah, 100%. Because they're either going to come out and be angry and blow them out by 30, or it's going to be the same thing, or it's going to be even worse, and they're just going to give up entirely on Rick Pitino, which I'm, I could, from some of the players' standpoints, what he said about them and just generally what he was saying, I could see some players being like, I, I don't want to play for this guy anymore. I could, I could see it. it. It's not like out of the realm of possibility of happening. We'll see. I, I think there have been two other times where they've had Patino has press conference, not to this level necessarily, but he has called out the team. And that was after Boston College, and it was after I forget the other one. There was two of them. Both times the team responded well afterwards and won the next game. Well, let's hope that happens again so, here. Let's hope we, the hope is that the, it, it, you know, it has the same effect. Let's hope we roll it into Sunday, too, more importantly than Wednesday. Well, yeah. I mean, because Wednesday we should we should win regard. We just have more talent than them. It should be a cakewalk. We're just, yeah, I mean, we're a better team than them. Yes. Uh, on Sunday, however, we are not better than the currently ranked 15 Creighton Blue Jays, who will be coming to Madison Square Garden. Uh, listen, we played a great game against them last time, right? It's a one-point loss, crushing loss, by the way, at the time, because we thought our season was heading in the correct direction. Uh, obviously, it has since shifted greatly. But just to bring you back, 66-65, that loss, you know, and we, we, we didn't even shoot that well from three, 18% from three, 40% from the field, though. What it was was our defense. Creighton shot 36% from the field and 22% from three. You know, this is as much as this team is struggling. If if we're able to replicate that at home in Madison Square Garden, now the question is, now the question is, what is the crowd going to be like? By the way, yeah, that right? is because this is a game where you could see this. Hey, this is a big game, but with you know the events of, ha- of this past week occurring, who who comes out is the real question. Now, obviously, we'll be there. We're diehards, but like, does the average fan come out? Are we going to be able to pack the house? I don't know. So. There's, I said, so this is kind of off brand, but the the athletic did a survey of Met fans at the end of the year to see how the twenty the twenty twenty three season went. Obviously, it was a disappointment if anyone else is a Met fan. Correct. They asked the team, they asked fans, and the response was, you know, how when did you when was the best part of the season? And the overwhelming response was, when they had ended. Yeah, when, when, when it was over, <laughs> when said, I no longer had to suffer. But the second, the next question was, when did you stop watching? No. And the answer was. All the way to the end. <laughs> yeah. So, it just a lot of St. John's fans are Mets fans. They're psychopaths. So, and much like us, we're psychopaths in the sense that, yes, we'll be a, we're going to sit through it anyway because this is what we do. Listen, I, I so, watched Aaron Rodgers go down in the first four plays yeah, of the season. You know what I did every Sunday? I was there watching, hate watching my <laughs> New York Jets. Uh, just, you know, absolutely living in the, in the misery. And that's what we do, right? That's what St. Okay. John's and Mets and Jets fans do. And that's why we, uh, I do think we'll still have a crowd. Uh, listen, I, I think I don't yeah. think it will be as big uh, yeah, as it I, would yeah, have been, fair. right? Uh, I think it, it's a Sunday game, though, right? I, I Sundays say, I tend to do pretty well. Sunday at the Garden, still a big, a big opponent. Yeah. yeah, I think it's still probably I mean, just fine. Creighton, yeah. Creighton travels pretty well. That, well, that, well, that, that is we a fear. We don't want <laughs> that. But well, you're not well, wrong there. But you're not wrong. Hey, you said it's going to be a full stadium. You didn't say what team. That's fair. Very fair. Going back to the to the first matchup. The importance of that game, look, that was a game we could have won probably 
So if they had called the correct fouls on either Jenkins or Ding on the last play, we'd probably win that game. And by the way, if we win that game, it changes the complexion of the season, even where we're at right now. Had we been creating on the road... Well, that's a signature win we've been missing. Yeah. And with this, even with the recent losses, we would still have a fighting chance in Alaric, but if that game goes the right way. We, yeah, because well, yeah, we, we were also then four in a row to start the Big East. Right. And we, we snap what is... This is the beginning... That was the beginning of a three-game losing streak with them, Seton Hall, and Marquette. Correct. And we would and we would have Creighton coming in again, a team we already beat. Correct, coming at home yeah, right. game. So it, it's you know these little things, these little tiny you know losing by one point here, losing point. It, it again changes the complexion this is of why, the season. This is I think this is why there's and listen every year for St. John's is frustrating, but I think this year in particular in terms of recent history, listen we're we're again we've fully buy in right. So I'm always convinced this team has talent and can get there. But the truth of the matter is that's not always true. However, with this team. That was true. There is talent enough on this team to get there. It's just yeah. we've never put together the recipe in the right way. We're close. We're close, we're but we're just not there. We're, we're not just missing it. Now listen, part of that's on Rick Pitino, right? You're the coach. You have to figure out the recipe that works. That's your job. Uh, yeah. You know, so that's why I yeah, think but it's... Yeah, sometimes the players are, you know, well, the players again, are what you, With all due respect, Rick Pitino can't stop Jordan Dingle from shooting a 37-foot three-pointer in within one second of getting the ball, you know, as the clock's winding down, when we've got a lead and he's got to drive to the basket, right? Sure. He, he just he can't go out on the court and stop it. There are limits. Right. So yeah, I, I do think it does a little bit fall on the players, but it's just it's just so frustrating because we're right there. We are right there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, know, you look back at all these games: a one point loss, a two point loss. Yeah. One will call goes our way. We hit a three instead, and you know it's. If we had like season 10, of what ifs. If we had like ten points spread out throughout specific games, we could. Have like three, four, five. We're in a more different wins. world. Oh, yeah, uh, hundred percent different world. We'd be ta- we'd be talking about wh- how high of a seed we could we get, right? If that happened, yeah, yeah. That's so we get another shot against Creighton. Look, hopefully we win. I think the best we can hope for now is to get some momentum going to the Big East tournament, and then pray for some uh, for a magical run. Our only our only hope against Creighton, to be completely honest, is that we get a get back game. They come either get a big loss or big win against UConn, and they. You know, I don't know, go into rest mode or something. <laughs> right. Uh, right <laughs> it's yeah. a pretty big gap from Tuesday to Sunday, but that's the hope, right? Because yeah. uh, otherwise, I don't know if the current makeup, uh, you know, the current mental state of this team could get us there. Well, hopefully, the Georgetown win gives us. Hopefully, we win first yeah. of all. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah, exactly. I said the Georgetown win like it happened already, but um, hopefully, that win gives us confidence and it seems like it gets back on track going to Crane. So we have a little juice. We need a little something. That's oh, we sure. certainly need a little something. Uh, completely off-brand here, but uh, I I didn't go to the St. John's Seton Hall game, fortunately for me. I instead went to the stadium series, watched the Rangers-Islanders game at MetLife. Nice. Just, nice. A, you know, a fellow Madison Square Garden uh, homer <laughs> tier. That, it, was, it was incredible atmosphere. Uh, like 4-1, to one, probably, Rangers fan. It was just awesome to see. And a mm. uh, big win in overtime. So it's funny because I was, I was on my, watching on my phone, uh, St. John's to fall apart <laughs> while also like celebrating the Rangers winning. And it was like very mixed emotions, right? Like, and the Rangers had played terribly too. So I was like, oh boy, this is. But then when the Rangers were playing bad, St. John's was playing well. So I was like, oh, all right, well, at least I'm getting that. And then all of a sudden it flipped and I was like, oh man, like what the heck's going on? Uh, it was an emotional roller coaster for me on Sunday. But uh, uh, unfortunately, St. John's came away with the loss. But at least the Rangers came away with the one. I guess we'll take that as the. Uh, the silver, the silver lining for that day for me anyway, and for I know Nick's a big Ranger fan. So, yeah. all right, that'll do it for Craig and Nick. I'm Vincent. Go Johnnies. Keep chasing. <laughs>